All right, so it is the new season of What Do I Do Now? I'm really, really proud of the response and the reception to the first season. And the second season is going to be that and then some. So I guarantee you the quality of content is not going to decrease. I got a lot of great guests, but I can't start this season without talking to someone that I've known my entire life that knows me front and back, back and front. I'm talking about my mom, Mrs. Barbie Sermons. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. So glad to be celebrating your 32nd year of life right here with you in Atlanta. All right. And basically, we've checked out a few of the episodes and, you know, I've gotten real personal. I've uncovered things that, you know, some people didn't even know they were going to discuss. And with this episode, it's really kind of a another personal one because I've run into a few instances where you know after passing of you know granny pearl and granny sermons i always came down with an overwhelming feeling of not accomplishing enough before they pass and especially in regards to children but before we you know really go too too deep into that when you and dad met in albuquerque and things of that nature um, at some point, you found out you were pregnant. And I, I've never asked you this. How did you find out you were pregnant? And when did you find out you were pregnant with me? Well, we were married. And, oh, my! I noted that my body began to change. We were stationed in Clark Air Force Base in the Philippines. And I noticed my body was changing, so... And I know I missed my cycle, so I decided while your dad was at work that I would go by the clinic at the airbase, which is nothing glamorous, and check and see if I was pregnant. Sure enough, I was pregnant and elated. All right, so when you got home that day with with the news, um, did you and dad already have like a, a possible hint that, okay, we... You know, we might have a, an addition to the family coming, or was this almost like a surprise? It was almost a surprise because I never experienced any morning sickness or anything. Shortly before finding out that we were pregnant, I had gotten sick from eating ice that was made out in the city limits. We'd always been told, don't drink the water when you're off base. But I innocently had a soft drink and consumed the ice and I wound up very sick for about three days. We had not put two and two together at that point and it wasn't until after that that I went and sought a pregnancy test and found out that I was expecting and I was over, over, overjoyed. One of my biggest things in life is I've always wanted to be a mother so I was elated to find out that I was pregnant. And who was the first call you made? Because, I mean, it was just you and dad um, overseas. And, you know, that type of news, you want to tell someone. So who was the first person that you told, if you remember? I called my mama. Making a long-distance call from the Philippines to New Mexico. The whole three years we were there, I had only got to speak to my mom one other time. So... This was noteworthy, and I got to call her on the phone and told her that her baby was going to have a baby. And from then on, you know, things start to change. You know, you start preparing for a child. Um, one part of my story that a lot of people may not know, 
but we, you know, maybe some of our church members know is that during pregnancy, they were telling you to um, abort on different stages. And they said, I wasn't going to be a uh, normal child or I wouldn't have a normal functioning life. So just in detail, if you can share that with my listening audience. Yes. Routine blood work is part of the prenatal process. So I knew that my family carried the the gene that if you married someone with the gene could cause abnormalities during the pregnancy. So sickle cell trait was the gene that I knew I carried prior to getting married. What I didn't know is that Samuel's father also carried the trait. So once our doctor was made aware of that and gave us genetic odds, if you will, when two people have the trait, the offspring would have full-blown sickle cell. They were telling me that it would be wise to go ahead and abort this baby. And at 25, that was just not in the cards for me. I had always wanted a baby. I knew this child was nothing shy of remarkable. So we decided to go against the odds and not abort the baby. We alerted our church family who began to pray with us and for us for a normal pregnancy. The first four months went seamless. I woke up every morning ready to eat a breakfast, not one day of morning sickness. And then in the start of my fifth month of pregnancy, my body began to dilate and he was in jeopardy of being born premature. I was forced to go to bed for four months and just watch my belly grow. And I would often just rub my belly and read scriptures and thank God for this miracle that he had given to his father and I. After I successfully reached my ninth month of pregnancy, this little rascal didn't want to come out. So I was forced to walk and walk and walk in the tropical heat of the Philippines trying to to induce labor. I should have known then that Samuel was going to have his way one way or the other. I should have known that this was the beginning of Samuel running the show. (laughs) Okay, so in that last little spill, I didn't know you were on bed rest with me. I did not know that. I was on bed rest for four months. Wow. All right, so, and then I'm born May 29th, 1989 at 5.27 p.m. How big was I? Because I don't have that off top was six pounds, nine ounces. He was born on Memorial Day, and it had been a full moon. And so not only was I in labor, there was a bunch of women in labor as well. So I had to literally push and then get out of that room so that another woman could come into the delivery room. This is not a lush hospital. This is military hospitals with no frills and thrills, but I was in love after I pushed that 
long baby out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm born, I'm here. Um, but did you and dad already know what my name was going to be before you had me? Or was it something that it was just like we're waiting until he's born to know what we're going to name him? Yeah, we were definitely waiting because another part of my prayer was that I would be blessed with a little girl. And the ultrasounds were showing male genitalia, but I was in strict denial <laughs> and just knew that that was part of the umbilical cord and that I was having a girl. So her name was going to be Shaterica. Okay. And so his dad, after I pushed and I said, it's a boy. I said, okay, <laughs> naming of the child is yours. <laughs> and he came up with Samuel Tyrone sermons. And it was, my heart did not linger, did not feel bad when I saw them long legs and big feet. I was just happy as a pig in slop <laughs> to have my own little boy. So you've been a mom for now 32 years. Yes. And you've been a grandmother going on five years. Now, what's something that you were absolutely, you know, unsure of with me that you are completely sound with my nephew who is in the who's in the car with us right now, knocked out in the back, like me and my brother used to be? Yes. I must be honest, listening audience that I too was hoping for a <laughs> granddaughter and I too was in denial until he came out because I just knew the Lord would not deny me this prayer but as it was with Samuel and then David when Davion was born I was head over heels in love just smitten so I'm still holding out hope that there will be a girl somewhere but in my life. you are a glorified boy mom, and I think that's okay. Yes, I've been t-ball coach, uh, team moms, third base coach, but I want to play with dolls and teacups and have a tea party with somebody. All right, so... What we'll do now is shift gears and go into something that we've had conversation about. And I kind of want to just, you know, share the listening audience is, although I'm completely satisfied that I have not pulled anyone from my loins into the world yet. One thing that I'm also concerned with is the simple fact that I'm not sure if I'll be able to find the right person to procreate with because everyone say oh if you get this certain age we can just go half on a baby and this that and the other and oh that's been cute since like what eighth grade and what we'll marry each other and this that and the other but i think it's you know really serious when it comes down to trying to find a partner to actually make a better version of yourself with and from what i've seen from what i read on facebook it's 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 difficult trying to co-parent um with someone that you're not in a relationship or marriage with at times if you're both not on the same page so knowing that and knowing like my concern with that where does that put you 
Well, I am in no rush for you, Samuel. My prayer for you since you were in middle school is that you will find the woman of your dreams that will be compatible. And since then, I've added to that prayer that she will understand your busy lifestyle and your career and your drive and that she will equal that drive to be the power couple like Michelle and Barack. So I'm enjoying sitting back and watching you flourish and become an awesome man. There's no pressure from me anymore for you to procreate and bring a granddaughter into this world. <laughs> Very specific. I, and that's something I do know because I know how you light up around getting little girls. Like when it comes down to um, Olivia and Layla, who are my first cousins, your nieces, kids, I know how excited you get with them. And you know, it's different. I, and even for me, like I, I have two beautiful goddaughters. Beautiful. Yes. But I'm personally not an expert with girls. I, I've not been around a lot of girls. I, I've been fortunate enough to have a slew of guy cousins. The OGs looking out for me. Not to say I don't have female cousins, but I just didn't spend a lot of time with them. So when it comes to buying gifts and birthdays and Christmases. Oh, Tristan already know he's good. Uh, my nephew, Davey, I know he's good. It's just like, I'll be trying to, hey, mom, what, what do I'm buying for the, for the girls? Because I, I, I don't be, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I can tell you this. You are an excellent godfather, excellent godfather, uncle. And should, when the Lord blesses you with either a girl or a boy, you will be an even... more an excellent father so I know for at least the first 12 years you won't have to worry about buying anything if it's a girl <laughs> we're gonna quit plugging that girl <laughs> oh my goodness so I want to let everyone know that I didn't coach mom for this I didn't know she was gonna be on this girl uh, situation I've <laughs> I am gonna say whoever's listening to this right now, if you would touch and agree with this, with <laughs> please, this please. right now, because she's awaiting this granddaughter, because she did not get the daughter in the first run. But I love my grandsons and I love my sons hard, unrelentlessly. But if the Lord would let me before I leave this earth have a granddaughter or somebody allow me to borrow their granddaughter, I will be satisfied. <laughs> All right, so now going back to that, before you leave this earth is what you had just said. And that's one thing that I struggle with, again, because, you know, for Mother's Day, I believe that was 2018, is when I drove out to Albuquerque from California and my Granny Pearl was able to hold my nephew and I was so jealous at that time. I don't think I said it out loud, but I was just like, man, I'm I'm kind of hating on Dave, you know, beating me to the punch here because I would have loved to have that moment with Granny Pearl before she passed the following month. And that's something that I've had to relive again when my dad's mom passed 
later that year. Yes. And it's something that I, it's like almost it's haunting me. And that's something that I know we've kind of talked about, but I, in really the what do I do now, I kind of want to, you know, pose that question to you because um, you've, your parents are no longer here. Your right. grandparents are no longer here. And how are you navigating through that just because I'm pretty sure you would have loved to bring Davion to meet Papa Ward. Like, I know he would have been so excited. So excited. But how do you navigate through that that confusion, that pain, that anguish, the anxiety, um, all those emotions? There are times when the holidays, birthdays, accomplishments of you and Dave that I wish my parents and your grandparents could have witnessed but I come to the fact that I realized their journey on earth was complete I would not wish this COVID situation I wouldn't want my mom to have went through this and caught it um, my dad he would have been 100 years old, so he is, his body would have been too frail to withstand the COVID. So I'll, the piece of, that I have is that I loved and cherished my parents while I had them. And that is the gift that I give you. You are loving and cherishing of your parents and siblings and friends. You love hard, and for that, I couldn't be more thankful and I know your grandparents would be equally proud of the man that you are. Woo. All right, so before we start boohooing, um, today is a celebration. Today, the day of this recording is my 32nd birthday. And, you know, I have Davion in the back sleep. We're getting ready to, to go to the fair. We're gonna have a great day today because of course the pandemic changed his birthday last year. Again, he is the only cousin and for those that may not know, I am his only hope at Cousins. So I got to, at some point, get it together. But I'm also letting him know I'm not in a rush. We just want to find the right person at the right time, right circumstance. And in my prayer, that's going to be my wife when I have my child. Not just, I don't I don't think I'd be a great baby daddy. No. Just, I wouldn't. I'm just saying that now so the general public will know. I would be a trash baby dad. So don't don't try to... No, just don't. Just don't. Just, just don't. don't. There we go. See, the cosign is real. Mom approved. But mom, I appreciate you joining me on this second season of the What Do I Do Now podcast. Um, I don't want them to follow you, so I'm not going to give out any of your socials. I, this is just as close as y'all are getting to my mom. Don't ask for the number. Don't ask for her Facebook. She's not getting an Instagram. Nothing of the sort. We're keeping her off that because that's not where she belongs. Uh, but anyway. Well. Um, no, no, ah, ah, ah. Um, so... We're going to wrap up this episode, and this is just the beginning of an amazing second season. I'm hoping to continue to grow, continue to learn more about myself through this podcast, and as well as bring you great people that are doing great things, that have dealt with great adversity, but have great outcome at the very end of this. So that's that's going to be it. Mom, any last words? I'm so proud of you, Samuel, and 10 years into the industry, you are really not only chasing your dreams but achieving your dreams and I'm just a proud 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 mother and I love you 
I love you too, mama. This has been What Do I Do Now? Season 2, Episode 1.